If you've been to enough funerals, you will hear this statement by a minister. The Lord has given and the Lord has taken away concerning somebody who died. Well, that's not true that the Lord has taken away. This is not a statement of truth. It's truly stated in the Bible the way it's supposed to, but this statement by Job is not a statement of truth. So Job got it wrong. Now he thought God was the one that caused this destruction and this loss of life of his children, but God didn't do it. It was Satan who went out and he killed and he stole and destroyed in Job's life. Welcome to the Living by Grace podcast with Al Jennings. When you receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness, you will reign in life. Listen in as we discuss the effortless life of God's grace. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Living by Grace podcast. I'm Al Jennings. Are you ready for the word? Today is part three in the series Enemies of Faith. And today I'm going to continue with enemy number one. This is our third session and we're still on this first enemy because it's a major enemy. And we'll get to that in a moment. But first, our foundation scripture in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12. It says, fight the good fight of faith. We are in a faith fight. And as I've shared previously, it is a good fight. And the reason why it's a good fight is because Jesus has already won the victory for us on our behalf through his finished work on the cross. He took our sins on the cross, past, present, and future. He destroyed principalities and powers and made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. The victory he won on the cross in his finished work was a victory for you and for me. And that's why it's a good fight. And that's why we don't have to fight. So all we're really doing in this Christian life is demonstrating Satan's defeat. We're resisting the devil and he flees from us. We're holding our ground. We're not giving him a foothold. We're resisting him. We're not giving him place. The Bible tells us to give no place to the devil. We cast out demons in the name of Jesus. Praise God. We are to walk on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt us. So it's a good fight because Jesus has already won the battle. But it is a fight. And the enemy, the devil, even though he's a defeated foe, he doesn't want us to know it. He doesn't want us to know that he's a loser. He's the biggest loser on the earth. (laughs) Yes, he's around the earth. He and demons, his cohorts, his evil spirits, they roam around to and fro throughout the earth, seeking whom they may devour, whom they may devour, those who let him or allow him to We'll talk about this word allow today. I got some good stuff for you about this word allow. 
He only devours those who allow him to devour them. So I called this series The Enemies of Faith. And um, I got this, if you listen to the first episode, I got this from Pastor Fred Price years and years ago. And this is the message that taught me faith initially, okay? How to walk by faith and not by sight. So I've been teaching this series for several years and it's my favorite series to teach. So we're going to get into it. We are to fight the good fight. Now it tells us what fight that we're in. It is a faith fight. The series is called The Enemies of Faith. We are in, the fight that we are in is a faith fight. And it's a good fight because we win. Hallelujah. So if we are in a fight of faith, which we are, then of necessity there must be enemies. If we're in a fight, there's got to be enemies, right? So there are enemies to our faith. So I'm tackling some major enemies to our faith. Enemy number one is a lack of knowledge. This is a very, very important enemy right here that we need to make sure that we understand this and avoid being ignorant. Avoid having a lack of knowledge of God's word. Enemy number one is a lack of knowledge of God's word. Now, everybody's ignorant about something. I'm ignorant about a lot of things. And so are you. Nobody knows everything about everything, but I'm telling you, now, we'll never know everything about the Bible. Let me just throw that out right off the bat, okay? But there's one thing that we cannot afford to be ignorant about, and that's God's word. We need to have a working knowledge. We'll never know everything, but we need to have a working knowledge of God's word. We need to understand the word of God, and we can understand the word of God. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 5, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. All right? We need to understand what the will of the Lord is. So, Hosea, we've covered this, but let me go over it briefly. Hosea 4, 6 says, My people, this is God's people, are destroyed for lack of knowledge. I know this is Old Covenant, but it's the same thing in the New Covenant. The same thing is true in this New Covenant. There are many, many, many of God's people okay, who are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Mean, meaning, when I say destroyed, I mean they're defeated. Some even die prematurely. Some are walking in poverty. Okay? So, why? Many are in lack, poverty, sick, and even die. No joy, no peace depressed, oppressed, 
because they're ignorant of God's word. They don't know what belongs to them in the word of God. Now, in a previous message, I talked about the importance of, of understanding what covenant that we are under. We're under a new covenant, and many people are destroyed because they don't understand what covenant they're living in. They're still trying to live under the law. And they're living by the law when we're not under law, but under grace. All right. Now, to get information about that, listen to the previous lesson. It's available on YouTube and wherever you listen to your podcast. The video is available on YouTube. All right. Let's deal with another subject. That's very important. 2 Timothy 2.15 says this. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We need to rightly divide the word of truth. And when Paul exhorts us to rightly divide the word, that lets us know we can wrongly divide the word, right? It's possible for us to wrongly divide the word. Okay? And so, but we need to be diligent. King James says, study to, to present yourself or to show yourself approved. Here the new King James says, be diligent to present yourself approved. We need to be students of the word of God. And if you're a student of the Word of God, uh, and you study the Bob, you study the Bible properly, then you should be able to rightly divide the Word, and you will be able to rightly divide the Word of Truth. Second Timothy three sixteen. Now, I want to talk about the difference between something that is truly stated and something that is a statement of truth. Now, in studying the Bible, in rightly dividing the word, we need to know the difference. Listen, this is very important. We need to, to know the difference between something that is truly stated in the Bible and something that is a statement of truth. Okay? 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching. The word of God is profitable. It's for our profit. And it's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction. The word will correct you. And the word is profitable for training in righteousness. Okay. Now, all Scripture is breathed out by God. Another translation says, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Let me make this statement. Listen carefully. I encourage you to take notes. Every Scripture in the Bible is truly stated but every scripture in the Bible is not a statement of truth. What do I mean by that? Well, 
every scripture in the Bible, I'm talking about the difference between something truly stated in the Bible and something that is a statement of truth. Everything in the Bible is written exactly the way God wants it written. It's given by inspiration of God. It's exactly the way it's supposed to be. Okay? It's truly stated. But every scripture in the Bible is not a statement of truth. Some things in the Bible are said by people, but it's not a statement. The statement that they make is written in the Bible the way it's supposed to, but the statement that some people make is not a statement of truth. Let me give you an example. And I'm whoever's listening or watching, let's imagine that you are on my board of XYZ, let's call it the Acme Corporation. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to make you secretary. And I'm Presidente, El Presidente. Okay. And as secretary, I want you to take some good notes. All right. Okay, so we're going to have a board meeting, and I'm going to make a statement. You ready? The game of basketball is played on grass with a hockey stick. Okay. So I'm imagining you writing that down. Okay. Now, we're going to fast forward to the next board meeting. Let's say we meet twice a year. And in, in our second board meeting, I want you to read the notes from the previous meeting. And so you read the notes. Pastor Al said, or President Al Jennings said, that the game of football I don't remember exactly what I said, but I get the gist of it. <laughs> Pastor Al or Al Jennings said that the game of football is played on grass with a hockey stick. Okay. Now you read those notes. You took them down the way that I said it. You took the notes exactly the way I said it. Now let me ask you a question class is that true is that true that the game of football is played on grass with a hockey stick is that true hmm it's not a trick question let me give you the answer it was truly stated but that statement is not a statement of truth. Can you tell the difference? You know what I'm talking about now? It's the same thing in the Bible. See, when I, I said the basketball is played on grass with a hockey stick, if you know anything about basketball, that's not true. But, but, but it was truly stated. You wrote it down, the secretary wrote it down exactly the way I said it. So 
But that statement that I made is not true. It's not a statement of truth, but it was truly stated. So there are scriptures in the Bible like that, and I'm going to show you a great example of that and not understanding the difference between something truly stated and something that is a statement of truth, many Christians are destroyed because of this lack of knowledge. Somebody says something in the Bible, and even though it's inspired by God, it's written down the way it's supposed to, that statement made by somebody, somebody, was not a statement of truth. And we're going to go to the book of Job. The book of Job, people that are not familiar with the Bible may call this book Job, <laughs> but it's not Job, it's Job. Okay, we're going to go to, to verse 6. Now, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan also came among them. Verse 7, The Lord said to Satan, From where have you come? Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro on the earth and from walking up and down on it. And the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man who fears God and turns away from evil. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Does, jo does Job fear God for no reason? Have you not put a hedge around him and his house? And all that he has on every side, you have blessed the work of his hands and his possessions have increased in the land. Now, pause. This is a powerful statement here. God, Satan acknowledged that God, he knew that God put a hedge around Job and his house and all that he has. On every side. That is true of you and I today. You know, God has a hedge of protection. That's what it's talking about, this hedge. It's a hedge of protection that God has around every child of God. Angels encamp around about us to keep us in all our ways. Praise God. He gives his angels charge over us. That means he assigns his angels to each and every one of us, and we have a hedge around us. And Satan cannot pull that hedge down. Only you can pull it down. I'll tell you what I mean by that. Let's keep going. Satan acknowledged that God has blessed the work of his hands and his possessions have increased. God had blessed Job. See, God always wants to bless his people, all right? Even though this is in the old covenant, this is actually before the law. And God doesn't change his mind. He changes not. 
Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He blessed, God blessed Adam in the garden. He gave him, him dominion over the whole earth. It has always been desire. It has always been God's desire to bless his people. All right, let's keep going. Verse 11, but stretch out your hand and touch all that he has. This is Satan talking to God. He's telling God, he said, you've got a hedge around him. You blessed all that he has. And he's asking God to stretch out your hand and touch all that he has. And he will curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, okay, I'll, I'll pull the hedge now. Okay, I'll, I'll mess with him. I'll kill, steal, and destroy. No, that's not what the word says because that's, God, that's not God's nature. He doesn't steal, kill, or destroy. But what did the Lord say? And the Lord said to Satan, behold, all that he has is in your hand. Only against him do not stretch out your hand. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. Now, we see clearly that God didn't do anything to Job. Now, we're not going to read these other verses. We're going to drop down to verse 21. And if you have your Bible, you can follow along with me. Now, all kind of disaster happened to Job. I mean, his livestock, some of his livestock were stolen. His servants were killed. Some of his livestock were killed. His children were killed. Okay? All kind of havoc. All kind of hell broke loose in Job's life, okay? Now, drop down to verse 21. And he said, this is Job speaking. This is what I'm talking about. The difference between something truly stated and something that is a statement of truth. And he said, Job, verse 21, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, how many times, if you have ever been to a funeral, if you've been to enough funerals, you will hear this statement by a minister. The Lord has given and the Lord has taken away concerning somebody who died. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Well, that's not true that the Lord has taken away. Now, this is truly stated in it's exactly stated the way it's supposed to in the Bible. The Bible tells us that all things in the old covenant were written for our 
learning for our instruction. But many people learn the wrong lesson. This is not God saying this. This is not a statement of truth. It's truly stated in the Bible the way it's supposed to, but this statement by Job is not a statement of truth. The Lord does give, but the Lord doesn't take away. It's the, it's the thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Okay? So Job got it wrong. Now, he thought God was the one that caused this destruction and this loss of life of his children. He, he thought God did it. Okay? But God didn't do it. It was Satan who went out and he killed and he stole and destroyed in Job's life. Okay? Now, what happened was that this hedge that was around Job, this hedge of protection, the angels that were encamped around him came down because of Job. Look at, look at chapter 3 and verse 25. This is the reason why the, the mess happened in Job's life. This is why the destruction came. It wasn't God who did it. Verse 25 in Job chapter 3, For the thing I greatly feared has come upon me. This is why the bad stuff, the destruction, the catastrophe, catastrophes, his children being killed, this is why it happened. God didn't have anything to do with it. Many people blame God when bad stuff happens, but it's not God. See, we're living in a world where Satan is the little g God of this world. The good news is Jesus defeated him, as I said earlier, and we have authority over all the devil's power. Even though he's roaming around through this earth seeking whom he may devour, we have authority over him, and we need to use that authority. And anything that you greatly fear can come upon you. Fear is what brought the hedge of protection down from Job's life. For the thing I greatly feared has come upon me and what I dreaded has happened to me. Listen very carefully. Whatever you greatly fear can come upon you. Fear is not of God. God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Now, somebody says, well, the Lord allowed it. Okay, maybe he didn't do it. No, he didn't do it. Not maybe. He didn't do it. Okay, well, he didn't do it. But he allowed it. Okay, let's deal with this word allowed. Okay. 
God allows everything, if you think about it. If you go out right now and rob a bank, the Lord allows it. He'll allow you to go into Walgreens and uh, steal stuff. <laughs> He'll allow it. And you might go to jail if you get caught. The Lord allows everything. But let's break down what do people mean when they say the Lord allows it? Because God allows everything. He has given you, every human, a free will. God will never take your free will away from you. He put man on this earth and gave man dominion over the earth. Okay? Now, once he gave man the authority, he won't take it back. All right? Um, he gives us a free will. People say, well, God can do anything. Well, one thing he can't do, he can't go back on his word. All right? Once he puts his word out, he will not go back on his word. When he gives man authority, he can't just come snatch it back. There's a lot of things that happen on the earth, a lot of injustice, inequality, natural disasters like hurricanes and tornadoes and floods. But God doesn't have anything to do, do with none of that, no matter what the... Um, uh, insurance companies say, calling them acts of God. They're not acts of God. They're acts, these disasters that take place, they're acts of the devil. The good news is God has given us authority, as I said before, Luke ten nineteen, over all the power of the enemy. Now, when some people say that God has uh, allowed it, well, maybe God didn't, okay, God didn't cause these things to happen to Job, but he allowed it. What some people mean by that is when they say allow, they think that, okay, God didn't cause it, but he didn't do anything about it. Therefore, it was his will because he could have stopped it, uh, but he didn't. Well, that's not true because, again, God has given us the authority on the earth as believers. And, see, Satan, excuse me, excuse me, Job, even back in the Old Covenant, he could have kept that hedge up by not getting into fear and trusting God for his protection. But for some reason or another, he feared and what he feared came on him. Today in this new covenant that you're under, we have been given the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Right? I gave you Luke ten nineteen. Let me give you another scripture. 
we've been given the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever we loose on earth, praise God, will be loosed in heaven. So we have the authority to bind and loose on the earth. You can also, I don't advise it, but you can get into fear. And all kind of things can happen to you because you get afraid. Let me give you an example. Um, there was um, an entertainer, famous entertainer, one of my favorite R&B artist named Marvin Gaye. And Marvin Gaye at one point in his career, latter part of his life, he was afraid, he was paranoid, and he was living with his father, and he didn't want to go out of the house because he thought somebody was trying to kill him. I don't know why, but he thought that his life was in danger. So he didn't leave the house and he would have people go and bring him food. And if it was a hot dog or something or whatever the food was, he would examine, they said, he would examine the food to make sure it wasn't poison. He was, he was living with a spirit of fear. And he thought by staying in the house, he would be protected. Okay, because somebody was out to kill him. Tragic story. His father, one day they got into an argument in the house. His father took a gun, killed him, went out, sat down on the front porch, threw the gun into the yard and waited for the police to come. His own father killed him. Now I submit to you, based on what we read here, the thing that you greatly fear, the, the thing that Job said, for the thing I greatly feared has come upon me and what I dreaded has happened to me. That's why Marvin Gaye died, because of fear. I'll tell you another example. A friend of mine who lives in Lexington, Kentucky, she knew a guy. Um, he was in politics. And he was afraid about I don't know, the, some disaster is going to come on the earth or something. And um, he built a bunker, spent a lot of money on a bunker because he, was, he wanted to prepare for disaster. And he stockpiled a lot of stuff in his bunker and he was just living in, in this fear. Well, somebody ended up killing him because they wanted the bunker. They heard about this bunker he had in the house, so they wanted the house so they could have the bunker. 
So they killed him. Tragic. Another tragic story. But I submit to you that it was fear that caused this gentleman to die. See, this is, I'm telling you, this is so real, what I'm telling you right now. Anything that you greatly fear can happen to you. Now, I don't want you to be afraid of being afraid. The, the answer is to trust God with your life. Okay? Got it? So, to recap, now we're going to give you the, the rest of the story, as, as Paul Harvey used to say. <laughs> and it ends, ends up good. But let me recap. When Job said, the Lord gives... In verse 21, the Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. That is truly stated in the Bible the way it's supposed to be. And we need to learn the right lesson from this. It's truly stated. It's in the Bible the way it's supposed to, but it's not a statement of truth. It's not true. God did not cause the destruction and the loss of life in Job's life. Now, sometimes when we're reading a book like Job, and this is really a story of Job, you could have a tendency to think that you're reading about the whole life of a man, like his biography of his life. No, the book of Job, scholars believe, happened, the whole book of Job, this story, happened between a nine and 12 month period of time, okay? You're not reading about a whole lifetime of a man, all right? Now, we're going to look at the end of the story, and... Let's go to Job 42 and verse 10. And what happened was God turned Job's situation around after he got away from fear and got back into faith and prayed for his three friends. And when that happened, God restored the fortunes of Job. Job 42.10 says, And the Lord restored the fortunes of Job when he prayed for his friends. And the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Some people um, go around saying, Well, I'm just another Job. I got the troubles of Job. No, Job wasn't troubled his entire life. He went through a period where he was attacked. At best, it was a year. But look what happened in the end. Praise God. The hedge of protection went back, went back up when he prayed for his three friends. 
The Lord restored the fortunes of Job when he prayed for, for his friends. And the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. <laughs> then came to him all his brothers and sisters, all who had known him before and ate bread with him in his house. And they showed him sympathy and comforted him for all the evil. Now, here it is again. That the Lord had brought upon him. See, it wasn't the Lord that did it. When it says they comforted him for all the evil that the Lord had brought upon him, that is not a statement of truth. Okay, we've already looked at that. Let's go on. And each of them gave him a piece of money and a ring of gold. Drop down to verse 12. And the Lord blessed, say blessed, <laughs> blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning. So he was blessed before. Even Satan acknowledged that. But in his latter end, praise God, he was blessed even more. Twice as much blessing as he had before. <laughs> Hallelujah. And it tells you how he was blessed. Some people think, well, you know, God wants to bless us spiritually, but not materially. It's not important that we prosper financially. No, it's specifies the Bible is very clear that God wants you blessed in material things like Abraham. The Bible says that Abraham was blessed with cattle, silver and gold. Abram was blessed. Look at Genesis 13 two. Yeah. It says that Abram was very rich, not just rich, very rich in cattle Nothing spiritual about cattle, silver, and gold. Here it says, specifies how he was blessed. He had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, and 1,000 female donkeys. <laughs> See, all his cattle was gone because of this attack but God blessed him with all these animals <laughs> twice as much as he had before verse 13 says he had also seven sons seven sons and three daughters see all of his children sons and daughters were were killed but God gave him seven sons and three daughters in the end. Again, the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning. Okay? Had all those animals, seven sons, three daughters. He called the, the name of the first daughter Jemima and the name of the second Keziah and the name of the third Karen Habakkuk, Habuk, 
<laughs> whatever it is. And in all the land, there were no women so beautiful as Job's daughter, daughters. They were the finest daughters in the land. And their father gave them an inheritance among their brothers. And after this, Job lived 140 years and saw his sons and his sons' sons for generations. And Job died, an old man and full of days with long life. Job was satisfied, and he wants you to, to be satisfied also with long life. We have a promise in Psalm 91 with long life. He will satisfy you, praise God, and show you his salvation. Oh, praise God, I preach myself happy today. I hope y'all got something out of this. All right. Thanks for joining me, everybody. That is it for today. Pastor Al out. Thank you for joining us today for the Living by Grace podcast. You are greatly blessed, highly favored, deeply loved, totally righteous, and destined to win because of Jesus. Have an amazing day.